Hi, welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable, where we discuss all topics real estate. I'm Nick Aarons. Hey, and I'm Steve Crowley. I'm Darren Shepard. And I'm Jimmy Reed, and we're your hosts. Today we got Amit uh, here with uh, Neo Home Loans and um, the Insight team, one of the uh, top teams in, in the nation, fastest growing teams in the nation, and one of the top teams here in, in Orange County, California. Um, Amit, thanks for stopping by, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Darren, for having me. Looking forward to this. So I say stopping by, even though we're not together today, um, we have um, some noise in the office and we have this uh, Mexican restaurant um, being, uh, I guess, built and remodeled next door. So you can't hear ourselves uh, talk. And then obviously you're you know, 25 minutes away. So why not hang out at home and, and get this done? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, today we're going to talk about first-time um, homebuyer programs out there. Obviously, with this crazy market and prices growing the way that they're growing, and uh, you know the millennial generation trying to get into the to the market, and obviously you got to make have a good income, and then you need this big down payment to be able to purchase a property. So um, just want to you know talk to you and your experience of what type of first-time home bar, buyer programs are available. And then I've heard on the news and, um, and reading articles that there's also some additional first-time home buyer programs out there. So what are some of the pros and cons about those things? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, information that's available at your fingertips, but uh, once you actually get into the weeds of things, there's a lot of crazy little nuances that can uh, be a struggle for some first-time home buyers to use some of these programs that are available. Um, so first and foremost, you know, there's still so many people out there that still think that you need to buy a home with 20% down. And that's just really one of the, the biggest myths about, uh, you know, acquiring real estate, uh, in the market today. And so unfortunately just people don't have access to the information or, or to being provided that information from people that, uh, you know, have all of that information readily available. Uh, and so that's been kind of one of our big pushes is to really get the message out that there are so many various programs that are out there that allow you to buy a home with significantly less than 20% down and, uh, and really people that are waiting to save up that 20% down uh, are really missing out on a tremendous amount of opportunity in the market today. Um, but to kind of outline, you know, a few of the different programs that are available, right? There's standard conventional financing, there's standard yep. FHA financing. Now, FHA financing, you can put down as little as three and a half percent. That type of financing is generally going to be tailored to someone who may not have a, a extensive credit history that's available. Maybe their credit score is a little bit impacted because of some debts that they have, or maybe some past missed payments and whatnot, um, because that is government subsidized financing. And so that's going to be less tied to your credit score, more really tied to whether or not you can qualify. Uh, but they allow for, again, three and a half percent down. So that's a, a really good program for someone who might have uh, their credit be a little bit impaired. Uh, and then conventional financing is kind of the uh, the a paper financing. So that financing, depending on what price range that you're looking at, can be as low as three percent or five percent uh, as a down payment. To, and so that program is generally going to be tailored to people that have you know basically above a 720 credit score. It's, uh, okay. it's really going to be in their best interest to utilize that because that's going to give them the best financing terms, both in the short term and the long term. 
Uh, and then there are what are called down payment assistance programs available. Actually, before I get to that, there's also the VA loan, which is, in my opinion, the absolute best loan available in the market. Uh, and that actually allows you to put 0% down and not have any type of private mortgage insurance as well. Um, so that is definitely the best loan type, but obviously that is only available to our veterans. Um, and then again, if we're going through down payment assistance programs, you know, there's a multitude of different types of programs. Uh, one of the questions that we've been getting a lot lately is, you know, how is this uh, this 10% forgivable loan program that uh, we've been hearing all about in the news for all of 30 seconds? Uh, yeah, how is I'm ready that? for this one. Yeah, so that's been a, you know, a big question that a lot of people were posing, uh, you know, the news was, you know, flaunting it out in the media for, you know, like I said, all of 30 seconds, and then ultimately, it just completely died. Yeah, uh, but that program was a little bit frustrating, right? So they, they basically issued a program that allowed you to get up to 10% of the purchase price of the home to be able to utilize towards your down payment amount. Okay. Um, however, the caveat to that program is the only way to qualify for that program was if your income level was below 80% of the area median income in your county or in your city. Okay. The problem with that, especially in Southern California, is that the area median income for the majority of Southern California is set, or 80% of that area median income is set at $68,880 a year. So how do you qualify? What? So how do you That's, pay the mortgage? Exactly. So when we kind of ran the calculations, you know, to see, okay, what could someone effectively qualify for if their income was at the absolute top end of that 80%, right? And keep in mind, you know, if most people aren't going to be right at that number, they're probably going to be either a little bit lower than that number or a little bit higher than that number, which is not going to allow them to qualify uh, mm -hmm. for that program. And you cannot utilize any cosigners or whatnot. But when we ran the numbers, you know, if somebody had the income right below that threshold, that's if they had no other debts whatsoever, it's going to allow them to qualify for just over about a $2,500 a month mortgage payment. And so the problem with that is, you know, that equates, if someone is putting 10% down on a home, that equates to about a $350,000 for a purchase price for a single family home and about a $300,000 purchase price for a condo or a townhome, uh, assuming some HOA dues there. Yeah, that's uh, challenging. It's super challenging, right? One, yeah. because, you know, it's just, it's, it's just hard to find people that can qualify to buy a home within that uh, income limit. Uh, and two, it's just impossible right now to find a home in that price range that's going to suit the needs for that person as well. And so it's just been very difficult to for anybody to really utilize that program. That's why they really didn't talk too much about it after we actually got into the nuances of that program. Um, any questions about that before I kind of move yeah, on? To yeah, else? it's just it's it's very interesting that I mean, the obviously, I know you don't know, but the thinking behind the program is uh how did they not know this was not gonna gonna be challenging to do before they come out with this program right like how is this a how is this a benefit to to um first-time home buyers with the income challenges and that's what you just said going to you know no debts and going to the absolute max of their take-home pay i mean if you're making what sixty-eight thousand dollars, and this is pre-tax or after-tax pre-tax income pre-tax yeah. So, I mean, you're, what are you, 50, 60% of your take-home pay at that point, even if you went to the max? Probably closer to 70% for that, uh, wow. that rate of pay, but still, right? It's, uh, it's just, it just didn't make sense. I, I don't no. know why California yeah. didn't uh, go through that uh, a little bit more 
uh, intentionally to actually figure out if this truly was going to help people. Yeah. Um, given all the appreciation the market has seen over the course of the last two years, it's just impossible to find homes in those price ranges. And you have to fit a very narrow bucket of, uh, you know, qualification thresholds uh, to be able to utilize that. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, things we could say about the way that California has been run, but uh, ultimately, you know, it, it just wasn't a product that was actually beneficial to uh, the general public. So break down for me, what percentage would you say of first-time homebuyers are going conventional um, and versus going FHA? Like, is it pretty even? Is it way more FHA buyers? What's your experience? Yeah, there's definitely a lot more people utilizing conventional financing rather than FHA financing. Uh, I don't know the statistics of how many people are using conventional versus FHA, yeah. but I would say in our you know industry and the you know what we see in terms of our clientele and whatnot, uh, I would say it's probably closer to like eighty five percent conventional financing okay. and then you know fifteen percent other types of financing. So whether that's FHA or VA or uh, you know non QM type loans, um, you know it's definitely you know the bulk of the loans across America are definitely conventional financed. Yeah. And one of the things I love about your guys' team is you actually will sit down and um, either jump on a Zoom with someone and go over why they shouldn't do a certain thing or they should do a certain thing before starting that process. So meaning, hey, if I only have 3% down, you might coach me and say, hey, Darren, you should probably take care of these things on your credit and or save a little bit more money. And you should go this direction based off what your goals are, right? Um, yeah. so I, I love that about you guys' team as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, uh, honestly in this current environment that we're in, um, the only way to really improve the well-being of the communities that uh, we serve as a whole is really to provide them as much information as possible, right? So they can make the ultimately make ultimately the most educated decision uh, as to what type of financing options that they want to utilize, whether or not it makes sense for them to buy, sell, or finance real estate uh, where they're at in their life right now. Uh, and so that's kind of our big push is to really spread financial literacy throughout the communities of America that we serve. Um, and the way that we go about that, like you said, is we actually go through a formal consultation with every single one of our clients, right? The majority of lenders, unfortunately, out there are really just order takers. They basically mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, whatever the client says that they want to do, they just says, yes, you can do that. But they don't really tell them, you know, more about what they can do, but more about really what they should do. Right. Yeah. Uh, because that's really what the most important thing is. And the way that we go about that is just by education. Right. And so we walk them through, you know, all the available financing options that they have. Uh, if they do have some slightly impaired credit, we'll go through a full credit analysis with them, see if there's an opportunity for them to improve their credit uh, before they actually go into escrow on a home. So that way they can actually improve their financing scenarios. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of show them what all of their options are with regards to lower down payment options. Uh, and that's where, you know, sometimes down payment assistance options, apart from the 10% forgivable loan that wasn't really helpful for anyone. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where those can sometimes play a big factor. So there's quite a few down payment assistance programs uh, that are available today. Uh, the most primary one that's utilized is uh, subsidized by Cal HFA, the California Housing Finance Authority. Okay. Uh, and What's so that? there's. Yeah, so there's some awesome programs that they have, uh, and they have significantly higher income limits that you can utilize for those programs. In Orange County, uh, I believe the income level uh, income limit is uh, just over two hundred thousand. It's about two hundred eleven thousand. Oh wow, uh, seems pretty high. 
Yeah. So it's, it's really high there. And so that gives a lot more people flexibility to utilize that program. And so uh, that program allows you to get technically all the way up to, you know, about 3% from a, a zero interest second loan. Uh, that you can use towards your closing costs. And then you can get an additional up to $10,000 with the My Home Assistance program that gets tacked onto there to go towards your down payment and closing costs as well. And so that program has been really great for a lot of people uh, just because it allows them to effectively come out of pocket with maybe one or 2%, depending on how they structure the loan yeah. uh, of the actual purchase price in total amount of cash to close needed. So someone's looking at buying a, you know, a $500,000 home, they could theoretically get into that home with no more than $10,000 out of pocket. Uh, and, you know, if they're able to get things like seller credits and whatnot, they could theoretically come out to, of pocket, you know, any amount of seller credits less than that $10,000. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So if, if I'm a first time home buyer, I'm a millennial, I'm renting or I you know live with my parents or and I'm looking to purchase a home, I want to purchase a home. Uh, should I save my 10% down or 5% down and then give you a call and fill out the application? What, what should I do to help myself get in a position to purchase a home? What is that process like? What do you recommend to your average first time home buyer? Um, just married, just out of college, um, to start that process with you guys. And then, yeah, I mean, I, yeah what does that I, look like? Yeah. So I think the, the most important thing for people to get is really information, right? Because information can help guide their plan. It can guide their, you know, how they strategize how uh, to save that money. Uh, and it also gives them a goal and a target timeline to work towards, right? If somebody's fresh out of college or just got married, they don't have, uh, you know, anything really saved up as of yet. I think that's a perfect time to have an actual meeting with someone who's going to be able to guide you as to what is going to actually be required of you to be able to purchase a home. Uh, that way, you know, okay, what your financing options are, you know, what your low down payment uh, or down payment assistance financing options are, uh, what your low down payment or three or three and a half or 5% down options look like. That way you have a target to set for yourself. And then you can basically figure out uh, with that person also Okay, how much do I need to be saving every single month? Do I need to look at alternative employment opportunities? You know, I need to look at creating maybe some side hustles to generate more uh, revenue for myself to be able to mm -hmm. save that money up a little bit more quickly. Uh, but without having, you know, an actual plan in place or having kind of a target, you know, uh, to work towards, um, you're just kind of, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, right? You're not yep. really, you don't have a, a strategic strategic plan that's uh, been set out, you know, goals and timelines that have been set out uh, for yourself. And so it's really not, uh, it's not going to be conducive to helping you achieve those goals if you haven't gotten all the information necessary to be able to make that plan. Got it. And so I uh, reach out to you guys, getting that information. And then during that initial conversation, um, are you based off of my trajectory of my income or based off my career or based off of how much money I have or and or if I have, you know, uh, friends or family that could co-sign or, or uh, give me a gift. And then at that point, you're making recommendations on what I should do and how I how you guys can structure the loan at that point when we're having that conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, if someone's, you know, young and they have, you know, potential opportunities for family assistance, you know, if they might be able to provide some gift funds that can play a key role in, you know, speeding up that process. Right. And so uh, that's, those are 
you know, all of the questions that we have with those clients up front is, hey, is there opportunities for you to maybe get some gift funds from your parents that might be able to allow you to put that money down a little bit sooner? Uh, and if that's the case, then, you know, that can open up a lot more doors for them if they can't, or if that is not an opportunity, then at least we can show them, hey, this is what you would ultimately need to save up. Uh, then they can create kind of a budget and a, you know, a timeline in place so that way they know, okay, every month we can put $500, $1,000 towards our down payment uh, amount that we need. And they have just more of a uh, targeted amount that they will ultimately need to be able to make that happen for them. Got it. Nice. And are, are there um, like area restrictions? I know in Orange County, there's like low limits in LA County. And, and are there like low limits and restrictions for some of these other first time home buyers that you, that you were mentioning earlier? Yeah, or is they're it just primarily income uh, restrictions? So there, there definitely are some uh, a various uh, loan limits that you'd be able to, you'd have to take into consideration when you're utilizing down payment assistance financing, uh, or even conventional or standard FHA financing as well. Now, across the nation, you know, the conventional and FHA loan limits can differ a little bit. Conventional financing across the nation, there's a base loan amount of 647,200 uh, that across the board, you know, you'll be able to utilize conventional financing. Uh, FHA financing, depending on the county and area that you're looking in can uh, be a little bit less than that. Um, and then depending on if you're looking in Southern California, for example, uh, there's a lot of what are called high cost counties out here. And so yep. uh, depending on what area, for example, Orange County, because Orange County is considered a high cost county, they actually extend the conventional and FHA loan limits all the way up to 970,800. So if you're you know, looking at putting a, you know, a low down payment down, you, know, you can technically buy up to a, a million dollar property in Orange County uh, oh, wow. with, you know, with with, uh, a, a very low down payment and utilizing these down payment assistance programs. Now, the interest rates on these programs will vary depending on how much down payment assistance you're looking to obtain. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately, they do allow you to get into the home, assuming you can qualify for the mortgage payment, uh, and assuming your income level is below the income limit threshold. Got it. And that was one of my big things is I know with our, our team selling a lot of properties, you guys um, helping so many different families it's it's the um when i'm speaking with clients and they're discussing and talking about the stability of the market and they go through the buying process and i'm like so tell me did you see everything you needed to do and everything you need to go through to actually purchase a home and that's why um the market is so stable um it's like you you have to do everything but give blood right to get a loan nowadays so yeah. my question is you might not know this but how how's the government or whoever is backing these loans if it's a down payment assistance program and there's not a lot of skin in the game is there a lot of skin in the game for the buyer is that um good for the market to have these type of programs just just a question that i have out there you might not know the answer to it but i'm just questioning yeah, it's a really good question. I definitely think these programs are a necessity, um, especially for, you know, because there, there's not a lot of people that have the ability to save 5, 10, 15, 20% down, right? And that's just mm -hmm. not uh, something that's going to be within their realm to be able to get to. But these programs allow those people to ultimately get into a home, be able to build equity that's going to help them for retirement planning, that's going to help them for generational wealth planning, you know, having assets in retirement age to be able to 
draw from. Unfortunately, you know, 83% of Americans have the majority of their net worth tied up in the equity of their home. And so uh, a lot of people are going to be having to draw upon that when they do reach retirement age uh, to ultimately continue to live their life and still, you know, not have to continue working until they, you know, drop dead, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I definitely think these programs are super beneficial in terms of the skin in the game that the, you know, the consumer has, they're not going to have a ton of equity right out the gates, but uh, yeah. you know, as the market continues to trend in the direction that we expect it to, they're going to be able to build that equity and they wouldn't may, maybe did not have that opportunity to do so if this program didn't exist. So I definitely think for the overall economy, for the overall longevity and well-being of the average consumer, uh, this program is definitely a necessity and it solves a lot of those problems for those people. And as they continue to build more equity, they can get themselves into better loan scenarios because they'll have more equity in the home, be able to lower their interest rates as the market ebbs and flows, get themselves into a better cash flow position long-term. Um, and so you don't absolutely. have to keep that. You don't have to keep that mortgage for the, the length of the time that you're in that, in that home. So if I'm there for the, for 10 years, do I have to keep that, specific program or can I refinance out of it? Nope, absolutely. You can definitely refinance it. That's uh, one of the benefits of the standard, you know, Cal HFA down payment assistance programs. The uh, the forgivable loan that unfortunately just doesn't solve any issues for anybody. Uh, that program basically is forgivable if you keep that loan for at least five years and you remain in that home for at least five years uh, as a primary residence of yours. Got it. Got yeah. it. So you can't, you can't. So that's now that that's really big because the way that the market's growing, I mean, you could probably hold on to this home for two, three years at max and then refinance out of it because of the equity growth that you're, that you're obtaining. Absolutely. Yeah. With the, with where the market is expected to trend over the course of the next few years and the fact that there's still going to be limited inventory, um, they're going to be seeing a lot of opportunities to be able to get out of those loans, get themselves into better positions as interest rates start to come back down, which is what we're anticipating happening probably within the next 12 to 24 months. It's mm -hmm. going to put them in, in really good positions to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about leveraging and savings, I think is one of the big things that I got out of it is, Hey, even if I buy a $500,000 home and you know, I'm saving 20, $30,000 uh, a year, and this property grows eight or 10%, it's eight or 10% on the $500,000 $500, home. So you can understand how it's hard for your average family to keep up the pace with the appreciation of the home. And it almost feels like you're on a treadmill that's never going to stop. You, you can't keep up with it because Absolutely. it's compounding off of that, that top number. So now it's starting to come a little bit more clear for me. Yeah, the, the power of leverage is uh, is definitely something that, you know, when you see real estate appreciate, you know, five, eight, 10%, right? That's that's appreciation on the asset that you purchase, not the amount of money that you actually applied to that purchase, right? And so that yeah. is exponentially higher when you look at it as a percent, as an amount based on the actual amount that you invested yourself into the home. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So where can people find you guys? Like what? What's the easiest way for them to, to get connected with your team? Yeah. So, uh, you know, they have, there's so many different ways to, to reach out to us. Uh, you know, you can reach out to us online. Uh, we have a strong uh, online social media presence. Um, I do a lot of marketing videos uh, for people to just learn more about, you know, the various programs that are offered, uh, learn more about just what it takes to ultimately buy a home, what the market is doing, you know, what the recession coming up is going to look like for uh, a lot of people. Uh, but, 
if they want to ever schedule a call with me directly, they can just go directly to www.callamit.com. Um, they can visit our website, neohomeloans.com. They can visit our team's website, which is, uh, I, our team is the Insight Team. Uh, our website is ithomeloans.com. Uh, and they can always schedule a, you know, a call directly on our website with our team, one of our team members as well. Nice. And we'll go ahead and drop that, all that information in the show notes so people can take a look at it and uh, get connected with your team. And, and I'm actually going to say we're in, um, my team and I, I'm going to talk to them about doing a part two on this and digging a little bit deeper on after you get pre-approved, after you go through that consultation, what does that process look like to clear up um, any guesses and you know, possibly the, the concerns or scarcity behind getting approved and speaking with someone and working your way down that funnel, even if you're not quite ready. So we'll, we'll do a part two on that. But Amit, I thank you so much for, for, uh, you know, hanging out at home, me at home and, uh, and knocking this out together, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great seeing you, Darren. All right. Good seeing you too. Have a good one. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Real Estate Roundtable. If you'd like to connect with any of the sales partners here on the REIT team, our information is below and we'd love to chat with you.